This episode is brought to you in part by Gamefly, where you can rent one of over 9,000 games and have it mailed to your house. For a free 30-day trial, visit geektherapy.com slash Gamefly. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. My name is Josue Cardona with Lauren Keller. Hello. Laura Taylor. Hey. And that's it. Ali might join us later. He might not. I'm not sure. But we'll, we'll see how this goes. Leave you in suspense. If he comes in, we'll like we'll have an ad break and then he'll just magically be on afterwards. We won't even mention it. <laughs> so it's Mental Health Month. Last year, we, we kind of went all out. This year, we're going really all out. We're doing lots of uh, new things. We've got give- giveaways. We've got announcements throughout the month. Absolutely. Uh, join our mailing list if you haven't. Make sure you're following us on social media because we're we got stuff going on in celebration of uh, Mental Health Month. The, the first giveaway that we're doing is for our Patreon book selection for this month. Every month in on our Patreon, uh, we do a GT book club. The selection for this month is I Kill Giants, one of my favorite graphic novels. Have have either of you read it? I haven't. I have not. Laura, you haven't read this? No, I haven't. I haven't. <sighs> I'm sure we've had this conversation. We have had this conversation. <sighs> it, it's on my list. Actually, it's on my list of things to pick up on Free Comic Book Day, which as of recording is tomorrow. But when you all hear this, that'll be yesterday. Yeah. Also, for the record, free comic book day, buy comics because the the stores are actually buying those comics that they give you for yeah. free. It's just to get you in the door. <laughs> yeah. I go I go to every shop in San Francisco, every shop. I pick up a book and I pick up a book I have to pay for. So, so I Kill Giants. There was actually a movie that came out last year in theaters, but it was like a limited run. I don't know what happened there. We did talk about that a little bit on the podcast. We did, but I thought it was coming out this year in September, oh. but it came out last September. So it's on digital um, right now and it'll be out on Blu-ray at the end of the month, like on the 22nd. So definitely, if, if you're not a reader, even a graphic novel reader, check out the movie. Uh, but we're doing a giveaway for that. So there'll be a link in the show notes. And actually it should be, I believe, geektherapy.com slash giveaway. And you can enter the contest for a chance to win a copy of that graphic novel. doesn't matter if you're a member of the Patreon or not. But definitely check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash geektherapy. And consider consider becoming a member. For as little as $1 a month, you can get uh, some cool stuff. All right. So I said it is Mental Health Month. And so for the entire month, we're going to do something where we're going to talk about mental health terms that are used very casually every day. We hear them, we see them a lot in uh, pop culture, we see them in all sorts of media, and they're often used incorrectly, almost always used incorrectly. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about a few of those. This week, we're going to talk about anxiety and, and fear. Um, primarily, like originally this idea started, I wanted to talk about FOMO, because uh, all of us in the Slack were talking about things that we would watch or wouldn't watch and wanted to watch, and, and I don't know. The, the FOMO for me is real. Like I, <laughs> oh man, like, um, like the most recent one was probably God of War. Mm-hmm. For, for months, Lara was telling me, God of War. And it's pre-ordered. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm going to play. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to wait a little bit. I'm going to wait. Midnight came and I was, I was desperate. I was looking for sales. I was looking for any way to get that game. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've barely even played it, but it was like, it was, I didn't want to be, for shame, for shame, it is yeah. so good. 
I heard those bells. Oh, man. <laughs> we don't have Ali here, but I feel like he would ask, w- would you explain what FOMO is for people who don't know? <laughs> <laughs> Way to channel Ali. I know, right? I, f- I felt it. <laughs> I, feel him, I feel him in the room. How would you describe FOMO? FOMO stands for fear of missing out. What does and that I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I think that that means when you feel afraid of not participating in a thing or opportunity. So like a fear of missing out? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really succinct way to explain that. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Do you guys ever feel that way about anything? I mean, I do, but usually I'm the one like going to the, I mean, I mean, FOMO must drive me to go see those movies on Thursday night, opening night first showing that I can. Is it is it that or is it like you just can't wait any longer? That that too, that that is true. There's that and there's like not wanting to get spoiled, but then there's also the the experience of going that first night and the and the crowd that you're with and they're all so excited and missing out on that experience. But no, most things that I that I am excited about, I I go out and I do it first, just for the anticipation, not really missing out. Uh, my wife is feeling FOMO right now. She has to work on Free Comic Book Day, and that's been her like Christmas for her whole oh, life. No. And so I have to go. She's made this tradition. I used to just go to the comic shop down the street from me. Now I have to hit every store in San Francisco and buy something <laughs> at every store in San Francisco just for her. <laughs> and also for me, but mostly for her. Is she going to work on the day that the next expansion for Destiny comes out? Absolutely not. Okay, good, good. Um, She's either taking that day or the next day off so that she can spend the whole day playing, probably with you. <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> At least a good chunk of it, yeah. Lauren, do you ever feel feel the FOMO? I do sometimes. I definitely have felt it for games. Um, I think the most recent one I remember is uh, Breath of the Wild came out, and it was a couple of weeks before I got to play it. That was pretty awful. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I can't relate. (laughs) uh, And then there have been times where I will watch a show with with a group of friends like um, Game of Thrones or Westworld um, where we'll all get together and watch it together which is really nice and fun and then you know it's like oh I have to go out of town or whatever for a weekend and I miss it and it's I'm like don't spoil anything you guys but also don't have fun without me yeah. <laughs> Aww. Yeah, I guess I did have some FOMO when um Comic Con San Diego Comic Con last year was like at the same time as Game of Thrones, I think, was starting up. Yeah. And no access to HBO because crappy Wi Fi at hotels and I was just sad to not be I had finally caught up with everybody because I got on the Game of Thrones train train late and um yeah. That was that was sad, <laughs> especially walking around a giant convention where there are people who had good Wi-Fi and were watching Game of Thrones, and I didn't want to hear any spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> and so FOMO is—I mean, we've used a lot of words to describe it, but none of us, none of us, has used the word fear really, right? Like it, there isn't mm-hmm. really a a fear per, per se. There's things like. I, I want to be part of the conversation, but I'm I'm not really feeling afraid necessarily. And this is the type of thing that that I'm talking about. 
I don't I don't know how how both of you feel, but I I feel like in mental health we have a a problem with our with our terms, which is that they are they are too easy to pronounce, <laughs> right? So it's like it's not like we don't have fibromyalgia, like conjunctivitis and things like that, right? It's like depression um, and anxiety and we have things like catharsis and. Uh, Catharsis. I, I still think catharsis is too easy. Like the general public has taken True. over uh, catharsis too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We need words that are more difficult to pronounce, right? But like, so so we use this this uh, so so we use FOMO, and it has like very little to do with an actual fear or an actual anxiety. Now, the word fear and anxiety are two different things, right? Like I, I would completely put them separately. But some people actually deal with anxiety disorders and anxiety is a problem a crippling problem like me not wanting to miss out on my friends talking about something is it's not a paralyzing fear i'm not saying it couldn't be for some people but generally it's not and and really we use we talk about the word afraid and fear is fine but a lot of people do use anxious and anxiety and like, do you guys think that uh one that those words are overused and second do you think that when people use anxiety, they understand it or they mean it in the same way that someone who is probably clinically trained, right, or has experience um, with an anxiety disorder uh, is, is feeling. I think we do. We do overuse a lot of words. I don't necessarily know. I, I work with a lot of kids that that have anxiety at different levels. And so I try not to like I don't want to be the the anxiety police and like oh, yeah. <laughs> if you're fe- if you're if you have a little bit of like fluttering in your stomach or or your heart races maybe you are anxious it may not be the same as someone who has a fear that doesn't let them leave their home because they're scared something's going to happen to them or someone who literally has a panic attack in a social situation but you never know. There could be people out there that have a, a genuine fear of missing out. And like if they they get an anxious reaction when they aren't able to be a part of something that they really want to be a part of. So I, I, I don't know. There's room for, yeah, it's overused and our words are too easy. But I also like that our words are too easy to say because then people can, there's a chance for people to actually understand them. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. So give me an example of why it might be a good idea that we know what people mean when they say anxiety, that they're feeling anxious. So I try to, I've been to so many trainings and so many, even just like dinners with friends that are therapists and they, they talk in this way that like it's condescending and makes people who don't understand pretty, feel pretty dumb. And I don't like it when I'm talking to my clients and my clients are typically either developmentally delayed or they are teenagers or children. Um, I try to speak in a way that they understand so I can explain to them what is going on to them, going on for them. And then they can understand and be a part of their healing. Um, So if you tell somebody, I was watching an episode of Grey's Anatomy uh, earlier today, actually, where the one of the the attending doctors told the interns use lay words because it was a scared mother and she she didn't understand what they were talking about. And when they used these words, like it wasn't fibromyalgia, but it was something, I think it was like spina bifida, just 
using that caused her anxiety because she didn't understand what was happening to her and her child. So I think it's important for us to be able to use words that are accessible to everyone. I definitely agree that it's important to have accessible language. I think anxiety is also... I think it's something that a lot of people sort of get more than a lot of other mental illness. I mean, I definitely hear people talking about depression in a clearly ignorant way more than uh, talking about anxiety. You know, maybe maybe talking about feeling anxious, not to the point where it's, you know, severely negatively impacting somebody, but recognizing what those feelings are is like, you know, I'm, a, I'm afraid I'm I'm having fear reactions to something that hasn't happened yet. And I think people sort of um, get that a little bit better than a lot of other mental illness stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's definitely the most relatable of the mental health disorders, I think. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess I guess connecting it back to FOMO is it's kind of hard to talk about FOMO when you're not like really in it in the moment because I do feel like there can be actual anxiety feelings connected to it but we're you know we're talking about past events that then eventually we did get to do the thing we wanted to do right Mm -hmm. yeah but I'm thinking about like um for for my school I I need to go down to Santa Barbara at least once a year to get you know on on campus credits and so like the fear of of not being able to make it down there does make me anxious and it's because I'm missing out on school credits and I'm missing out on spending face-to-face time with my peers and and professors and you know it's not something that I'm dealing with right now because it's uh in January but you know the closer it gets to that and the more I have to start thinking you know planning logistics and everything that that anxiety does actually pick up and it is related to you know, wanting to be there and wanting to participate in an activity. But the example that you just brought up is what what I would call a rational fear. There is an actual consequence to not going to Santa Barbara. So there's a valid reason for why you would, you, you want to be there, right? I mean, yeah. uh, me missing out on, on not being able to talk about uh, Deadpool on, you know, after opening day uh, with my friends is... Like the consequence there, again, it can be, I'm not trying to, to minimize or diminish anybody's feelings and how important it might be to someone. But uh, like these are the type of things that you have to weigh when you, when someone's like, oh, I think I'm going to have a panic attack. It's like, what, are you really going to have a panic attack? Or are you just saying that you're going to have a panic attack because, because the idea of, of not doing something or, or, or the idea of something that you're afraid of is actually that, it, it's going to affect you that much. Like it's 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 hard when you have to kind of navigate those things. I agree. It's it's great that people can use words that are relatable and that are easy to understand. But I I think it also makes it uh, complicated to know where where people stand. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Words have gotten co opted by by general language yep. so often in in both the the medical field and mental health. And so it it's a balance. You want people to use words understand the words and use them properly. And sometimes that doesn't really happen. I think that that's, you know, part of why we're doing Geek Therapy Radio. Like we're talking about these media representations of things because we want 
the media to to represent mental health stuff in a in a way that is beneficial to people, both making the language more accessible, but also making the accessible language correct in, in a way that we can actually clearly communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hashtag media matters. <laughs> media <laughs> yeah, does I'm matter. It. I'm doing it. <laughs> Are there any examples in media that you can think of that showed um, that went either way, even even if it's just general? Like, for for example, um, seeing someone in a TV show or a movie that is shaking from fear, that's like a, an accurate portrayal of of a symptom that somebody might actually feel if they're if they're feeling anxiety. Is are there any specific examples that you can that you can think of? It's probably hard to think of some because they are so prevalent. Again, I think this is the example that most often comes up. And it's something that, I mean, I'm, I don't watch a lot of horror movies, but I feel like horror movies show people being terrified in a pretty legit way. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Fosters. Uh, I don't know if it's, it's not the most recent season, but I believe last season, one of the one of the daughters on the show was having a lot of pressure put on her for school and trying to get she was in several clubs and try and I think the pressure of taking care of all of these things caused her to have a genuine like anxiety attack and someone had to sit down with her and calm her down and tell her to breathe and you could visibly see it and I think that was a good example. Yeah. I th- I think so too when if somebody starts feeling like their their chest is tightening up or they're having trouble breathing, maybe feeling dizzy, you know, um, like all those things are like, oh, like it, that, that might be a panic attack. Mm-hmm. You should um, take a look at that. Yeah. Oh, there was an episode of Supergirl, too, that Josue, we oh, both talked about. For, it was so good with a bad, yep. with a villain made everyone live their worst fear. And even Supergirl was like floored by it and couldn't, she couldn't move. She had a freeze reaction, which is another example. Yeah. Um, and the 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 superpower of the villain really was that she could walk into a room and everybody would be paralyzed. The thing right. is that they were paralyzed with fear because mm-hmm. they were just they were so afraid of the thing that they were seeing, which wasn't really there, but that was the, her, her ability. And she could just walk through a room, walk through anything, and everybody would just stop. And to hear, uh, like, of course, Supergirl is the protagonist, so we got to see it from her perspective and hear what she was going through and hear what her fears were. And uh, I love that episode. That's a a great Mm -hmm. example. Yeah. Did you guys watch um, Wilfred at all? No, I didn't. A couple episodes. That's the dog, right? Wilfred, the dog? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. um, Was that Elijah Wood? Elijah Elijah Wood. Wood. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was uh, that had some some good representation of, of depression and anxiety, especially in the first season where, where it's the show. It, it sort of keeps intentionally making the viewers question whether or not the main character is seeing a talking dog or <laughs> if it is all in his head. And so uh, Elijah Wood's character, you know, expressing anxiety about like, am I totally losing it? Because <laughs> this dog keeps talking to me and wants to smoke weed all the time. What's up with that? Um, uh, and he has sort of a, a panic attack re- reaction to that. I felt it was a, a pretty solid response. Yeah, I can't think that's a, maybe because anxiety is um, like maybe the best understood. I've never seen an anxiety episode or a panic attack on TV and been like, that was very unrealistic. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like, 
And yet we still use the words in a way that it doesn't necessarily like hold true to what the meaning of the word is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People will say, I'm going to have a panic attack when they really just mean that they're really stressed out and anxious, but maybe not going to like have this feeling of like, oh, I'm going to die. Yeah, exactly. There's like physiologically, right? Um, We tend to feel anxiety and like excitement in the same way, like Mm -hmm. fluttering in the stomach or butterflies at your stomach and things like that. That was always really helpful to me to kind of... uh, like the, when I first learned that, I was like, "Whoa!" Like, am I? I'm probably just super, super excited. I'm, I'm not. Maybe I'm not nervous, but I, like, I don't even know. But like, my my first thing is to just say that I'm nervous because I like that's the the easy word or the mm-hmm. like. Oh, that that it must be that that I'm that I'm anxious. Like again, it's hard to even understand yourself if you don't know what the symptoms are. Like I've had I've broken out into hives um, from anxiety. I've had episodes where I've been paralyzed and I couldn't move. I've had. You know, like those are those are pretty easy to understand. I understand that there's like this. We've attributed a spectrum mm-hmm. <laughs> to these feelings, right? Of maybe going everywhere from maybe it starts at slight discomfort, all the way to like paralyzing fear. But like it's all being afraid or having fear or feeling anxious. You know what? This this difficulty that I'm having right now talking about it uh, actually reminds me of a conversation I had with Ali once. And we were talking about how difficult it is to identify anxiety in a client. And that's our specialty. Like, that's our clinical specialty. Um, I don't want to speak for Ali, but that's like, that was my expertise. And still, it is so difficult to just identify it in a person. So... Like, you just can't look at somebody and say, oh, they do have anxiety. So even though we're talking about symptoms right now, I mean, it is it is good to understand those symptoms so we can see it in other people and and understand it in ourselves. But it is it is really, really hard. And and we may even, I mean, we could get it wrong, again, even as clinicians, just because it can look so different in, in different people. So, like, even, even if I'm saying or, or I've said so far comments like, you know, like, that's... Um, not a real representation or it's not valid or, or using words like that. I mean, please understand that it's just so difficult to talk about. And that's kind of the point of this episode, that the language that everybody uses to talk about something that we've already established is kind of universal is actually, it actually makes the whole thing more difficult. It gets complicated because you look at, so you watch the movie Inside Out. You f- it teaches kids that you can be happy and sad at the same time. So... I mean, you can be excited about something and and looking forward to it, yet at Mm -hmm. the same time be nervous and anxious about what might happen and what might not happen. Yeah. So. And you can feel uncomfortable and be afraid at the same time. Like Mm -hmm. there's a, even though I put like that that imaginary spectrum there of uh, of like sight discomfort all the way up to to panic attack. Man, anxiety, anxiety sure is something. Um, but I feel I feel like it's the least problematic of the words that we'll touch on this month. And I th- it's probably the most universal. I think mm-hmm. even like a lot of people may not ever feel depression in their lives, but they might feel a low level of anxiety somewhere about something. 
This episode is brought to you in part by Gamefly. I, I love Gamefly. Over the years, I've tried out a lot of new games using Gamefly. This is this is great for all of you students out there who, who can't afford to buy games all the time. You know who you are. Uh, one of my favorite things is that uh, if you want to keep the game you've rented, you just use the keep option. So like you look at your queue, you pick keep, and then Gamefly mails the box and instruction manual to your house. So you just keep it, and then you rent another game. You can also buy used games. They have a streaming service, lots of stuff. If you want to play more games, I definitely suggest you check out Gamefly. You can start a free 30-day trial by visiting geektherapy.com slash Gamefly or use the link in the show notes. Again, that's geektherapy.com slash Gamefly, where you can rent one of over 9,000 games in Gamefly's library. All right, back to the show. So what what is anxiety? How, how do you define it to your clients? Um, we talk about... Anxiety is worrying about something, like I just said, something that is going to happen or not going to happen. I think one of my professors taught me that the way to look at anxiety and depression is that they're two sides of the same coin and that they usually go together. So depression is usually feelings about the past um, and anxiety is usually feelings about the future. Not always, but usually. And so anxiety is dealing with nervous energy that anywhere from nervous energy to paralyzing fear about what is going to happen to you or to people you care about or the consequences of something that that is going to happen either in the near future or the far future or currently going on right now yeah and in my clinical training which is rebt which stands for rational emotive behavior therapy we look at irrational and rational beliefs tied to different experiences. So, for example, um, I think it's important to talk about what things are not to sometimes understand what they are. So uh, in, in RBT, we talk about a, the healthy version of anxiety would be concern, right? So you could be concerned about something, and that's concern would be the rational alternative to the irrational anxiety. You probably think... You, you believe that something really, really horrible is going to happen, like something mm-hmm. uh, catastrophic is going to happen at the other end of this, and that's why you're feeling anxious. And the way to kind of start dealing with that is to look at it as non-catastrophic. So maybe like deep down your fear is that you're going to lose your job if you turn in this paper late. And then maybe in a session we would work on it, it's like, well, would you lose your job? Like, is that is that really it? I mean, it's possible that it is, but for this example, let's say person's like, well, I don't know. It's like, do other people lose their jobs if they hand something in late? It's like, uh, well, no, actually, no, because I see people turning stuff late all the time. Oh, then like, what is more likely to happen? Oh, then maybe, I don't know, they might get reprimanded. They might get, they have to stay later another day or they might, I don't know, get a warning. It's like, oh, okay. So then- like if you do this thing late, then what is like that happened? Like, and then you start shifting the the perspective to something more realistic, and mm-hmm. then that tends to reduce the anxiety because the fear of something catastrophic happening is is disappearing. It's not there anymore because it isn't that like that horrible thing that that could possibly happen that we think uh, is going to happen. Anxiety is like the most the the I'm not gonna say the most fun, but it's probably. <laughs> But I do, I, I did like working with, with anxiety a lot. And it's one that came up often. And I think in most of my work, there is, I mean, I work with kids that have a lot of trauma background. And so even the kids that don't have a trauma background, 
like anxiety is in there somewhere causing the behavioral outbursts that I deal with. I mean, I definitely feel like anxiety is also like a totally normal, useful human thing that we yeah. all experience at some point. And, and it's, you know, evolutionarily beneficial to, to, you know, sort of low level worry about the future so that we try and, you know, shift things so that our, our likelihood of success is better. The problem comes when uh, it, you become so anxious that you can't do anything, right? And so a lot of treating anxiety is, you know, sort of reteaching yourself how to to gain control over bits of it so, so it doesn't spiral out of control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, my, my favorite way to explain anxiety is through Spider-Man's spider sense. Yep. Spider-Man has a superpower that acts as an alarm whenever there's danger. So if there's a threat, his spider sense goes off. During a run of Amazing Spider-Man before it became Superior Spider-Man, so that's around issue 695, 696, I think, uh, an enemy uses a device called a spider jammer that heightens his spider sense, basically making his alarms go off for things that aren't actually dangerous. So... When you're feeling those physical symptoms and there is no real threat at, at that point, that natural threat response that you're talking about, Lauren, it's not working properly. Counseling can act as a way to calibrate that alarm so it only goes off when the threat is real and you can go about your day without it going off all the time. Yeah, definitely. When, when I was a teen and going to therapy and dealing with my own anxiety, my therapist sort of, like you're saying, it's like an alarm and it's like having a fire alarm in your house where it's like you want it to go off when there's a fire and then sometimes it also goes off when it's running low on batteries. But when yeah. it just goes <laughs> off all of the time, it's mm -hmm. not useful and it mm -hmm. also makes everything stressful all of the time because you're like, wait, is it going to go off again? I just turned it off. Is it going to go off again? <laughs> Yeah. I, I, like, I, I lived in an apartment with a fire alarm like that, so I always <laughs> think always of that specific one where it's like you couldn't, like turning on the stove, not putting anything on it, but just like turning it on is like 50-50 chance if the alarm was going to go off. <laughs> <laughs> I like the analogy of like the force and Jedi like training as um, anxiety, like they can see the future, they can see what's coming even in short like bursts um, and like Jedis are so in the moment and they use essentially what is mindfulness to kind of control their reactions to what is coming. Um, so I, I, I like that kind of explanation when I'm working with kids too, because even the kids I work with, most of them have seen Star Wars and understand, you know, what a Jedi is and, and the kind of meditation you see, especially... Well, I guess there was some in the original trilogy, but they show some in the, the prequels too. That's a good point. Like you're worrying about things in sometimes in the far, far future. Again, like like irrationally, like you have no idea, you know, if what you're going to do now is possibly going to have that terrible outcome that you're thinking about right now in, in five or 10 years, you know, mm -hmm. if I don't do this thing right now, I'll never. If I don't turn in this paper, I'm never going to go to college I'm never going to go to, to grad school. I'm never going to get that job I need. 
I'll never retire with the <laughs> with a full pension. It's like, whoa, that's the, that's really really far off from now. <laughs> Worrying Nobody's about gonna retire with a full pension can you, anymore. Can you guys awesome. read my mind? This is eerie. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't do well on this one paper, I'm never gonna get a job. I'm never gonna uh, do anything important in my whole life. I'll die alone. <laughs> my cats will eat me. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure 90% of the people in your situation are feeling the same thing. <laughs> I've been there. Yep. Yep. So, again, anxiety is something that, that we use clinically. It's something that, again, I, I feel it would be a lot easier. Now, this is, okay, to be clear, this is never going to happen. I'm not starting a campaign <laughs> to stop using the word anxiety, and I'm definitely not going to use that for, for the other words we'll use, um, we'll address throughout the rest of the month. That is not, absolutely not. That is that is a battle that I am not going to fight. I have accepted that it has been lost. We're done. I, I, we, wanna, we just want to shift it so that the balance is more towards uh, so cor- that correct usage. Yeah, we oh, want no, balance no. in the force. I don't even nope. I don't even want to do that. I'm not even gonna <laughs> I'm not even gonna fight that battle. Nope, because I don't think I don't think it can happen. Because honestly, I'm to blame also. Like I use the mm-hmm. words out of context all the time. All the Just time. All, all the, the time. time. <laughs> you asked a question on the community page on Facebook to get people's ideas about what are, what are words that they see all the time that are misused? I misuse them all the time, mm-hmm. but never mm-hmm. in con, never with my clients, and never in context like that. Exactly. Um. When, I'm in, when I'm in normie mode, I'm, I'm I, I use them incorrectly. Yep. Also, yep. normie right? mode. Yep. I hate yep. that word, by the way. I hate that word. <laughs> but I, I got use, you. I, I got used you. it because I hate it too. <laughs> oh um, my gosh! Definitely, I don't think we can win that battle. And uh, but I'm okay with that. I just think that having conversations about the words, knowing that some people use them for clinical purposes, some people do not, uh, is okay. I think having kind of a, I do wish we had more words. Like maybe eventually, like we have words that are like like super super clinical, right? That can can like or maybe like scientific words again. Like like don't make me learn a whole other set of harder words. (laughs) You need a whole other set of harder words. No. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, but anxiety, anxiety is super complicated. To be clear, like any mental health professionals out there listening, don't 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 send us hate mail. We just like scratch the surface. The point was to just have a, it's more a conversation about language than it is about um, anxiety itself and and how to treat it or and, and actually treatment is is one of the reasons why having this conversation is important because I mean, I'm I'm usually on the more safe than sorry. So like I, I can't tell just by hearing somebody say that they feel anxious if they would benefit from from mental health treatment, from speaking to a counselor or not. But I mean, keeping it in mind that there are there are certain symptoms, there are sort of there are things that that are warning signs that two people saying that using the same words aren't necessarily sharing the same experience. I think that's important to know. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's super important to talk about. Any other thoughts? I I would like our listeners to send us examples of good or bad uh, representation of anxiety in the media that they consume. Since we we all were like, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, f- f- fear and anxiety. I mean, some of them, um, especially if you have a, like a negative example that you've seen, I would love to see what that's like. I'm sure there's a movie somewhere where it's like every time the person was feeling. Um, nervous their skin turned purple or something like that it's like well that's not how it works you know that's not very helpful 
<laughs> that doesn't happen to you? I haven't seen that movie, <laughs> but I'm sure it's out there. It's probably an anime. Um, <laughs> but yes, we want to hear from you. The best way to reach us um, and have it read on the show is through our question queue, which you can find at geektherapy.com slash QQ. Send a comment or a question. Like Versuvius did, our friend Vars, uh, he wrote in and he said, mental health terms are thrown around a lot in media, it seems. What is everyone's opinion on someone, on some people jumping to the idea that Kanye West must be having some sort of mental illness or episode in regards to his recent controversies? That's a that's a tough question to answer because I I I don't like talking about people clinically that, you know, I haven't seen. But I do know that there was a concert, I don't know how long ago, that he went on stage, had a rant, and then left. And he was hospitalized afterwards. So something is going on for him. I don't know what. Um, I don't know if it has anything to do with what he recently said regarding slavery and politics. But Mm -hmm. um, I do know that that there is something. Or at least somebody thought there was something going on for him um, mentally. Now, there's a big difference between someone being like, hey, man, Kanye, I, I've seen this before. Maybe you should consider getting some help versus that guy is crazy. He needs help. You can't listen to anything he says. Hashtag whatever. Kanye's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Like, there's a there's a big difference. And now like you said um, you don't like to, to diagnose um, people you, you haven't met. I don't even like to diagnose fictional characters. Right. Like I know we have we have uh, colleagues who love to do that stuff. I don't. But there's still like maybe maybe even part of this conversation has shed some light for someone who really didn't understand anxiety or didn't know anything about it to to look at it a little differently. So mm-hmm. I think that you know if people around Kanye who 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 um you know he listens to can come at it from a from a supportive perspective that's very different than you know just twitter telling him you know to go to a mental hospital because they think he's weird you know that's that's very different right my i i actually my my friends went to that that Kanye concert where he <laughs> ranted for a while and then just left stage. yeah i also don't don't think that it's right to diagnose strangers and and i and i know that as like trained professional psychologists and psychiatrists like that's against the rules literally is you are not supposed to do that you don't diagnose people that aren't specifically your clients but i do i do understand why people have those conversations online because there is this sort of social icon aspect to Kanye where he ceases to exist as a individual human and becomes more of a symbol around which people can discuss things and while it's you know maybe in poor taste to be like yo he should he should go to a mental hospital um that that is a way for people to have conversations about mental health and mental illness and and how to recognize when you know, people you know when their behaviors start changing or, um, you know, they say something that is worrying to you and being able to have those kinds of conversations 
Now, I don't think Twitter is a good place to have that, but (laughs) at least people are talking about it. I guess so. Silver lining there. Like you, you painted a really positive picture there for a second. It was like you know, people are coming together around Kanye West, and they are talking about mental health <laughs> in a way that is very proactive and helpful for society. Yes, I'm sure that's happening with like a few people, <laughs> but in general, everyone's um, like, unfortunately, <laughs> GTFO. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, yeah. The the conversations that I have had about Kanye offline are very different from the conversations I. See about Kanye online mm-hmm. yeah 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 man it's complicated again like what what voices are are talking about it in a way that 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 could be um and that could be constructive but that also doesn't seem like you're making fun of him or insulting him or demeaning him in some way you know it's it's like it's it's a hard way I think it's just a hard thing to do at all it doesn't matter who it is again we can just take like I don't know I I'm guessing Thinking about it right now, it's like, okay, so you're worried about Kanye. What what exactly happened? What did he do? Oh, okay. Well, like taking Kanye out of it, what you're describing sounds like, and maybe kind of like normalizing it a bit, you know, and and not making it be about Kanye, but having Kanye's um, behavior be the example and not and not Kanye, right? Mm-hmm. That's um that's an important thing within mental health when we can talk about symptoms and we can talk about a disorder, but that, that doesn't mean like that's not 100% of the person. No, and I think, it's just parts of them. Yeah. And I think that's part of what I like about, especially when I was in school doing talking and doing presentations and stuff. I mean, obviously you don't talk about who the person is specifically because of privacy, but also to kind of take it one step away from that specific person so you can kind of put those behaviors and those symptoms onto anyone you see that com- comes off that way. Ideally, I mean, hopefully, if, if, if we learn something, mm-hmm. we can do that. Yeah. Well, thanks, Vars. That was, that was a good question. And I think it, it'll... That idea will come up um, throughout the rest of the month as we as we keep talking about this. Again, I think uh, hopefully anxiety was a good choice to start with because it it is kind of general. The more I think about it, the more we talked about it, I was like, man, this is maybe the hardest one to talk about because <laughs> it is like the most general. I think I yeah. think we'll have a much easier time talking about depression and being psychotic slash crazy slash insane things like that are way easier <laughs> to to differentiate um, than than simply anxiety. Well, and you said that we just scratched the surface, but if anyone else wants to chime in on the conversation, they can join on the Facebook group and reach out to us on Twitter and have those conversations. Yeah, absolutely. Please do. Please do. That'll be it for this conversation. Um, We'll we'll try to come in with uh, more media examples next time. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be better prepared, I promise. Uh, Anxiety, again, super, super important. And I do want to just make clear that I don't want to diminish anybody's um, feelings of anxiety. It doesn't matter what that word means to you. Like if you're feeling uncomfortable, feeling afraid of, uh, about something, it can be, it can be, again, it can be anything from a discomfort to absolutely paralyzing and physically, you know, take you to a point where you could have um, symptoms that are so strong that you could have a panic attack. So definitely talk to a mental health professional if you feel that you are dealing with with like a constant fear of 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 something please yeah reach out to us best ways are all the ways actually email us hello at geektherapy.com um visit geektherapy.com for for more episodes and more information uh we have a facebook group 
Our Discord is at geektherapy.com slash Discord. Our Facebook group is at facebook.com slash groups slash geektherapy. And Twitter is our favorite place to be. Twitter, we're at geektherapy. I'm at Josue Cardona. Lara is at Geek Therapist. And Lauren is at Chicken Dinosaur. Ali wasn't here today. He couldn't make it, but he is at Ali Matu. He's also a good resource, a good person to ask stuff. He probably had yeah. some FOMO about not yeah, being here today. Oh, he's going to listen to this episode and just so yell mad. at us on Slack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this yeah, is absolutely. totally his episode. And mm-hmm. he, aw, we miss you. Well, it's good. It would have been a two hour episode if you were here. So. Mm-hmm. He can do a follow-up on his own. We can give him a whole a whole hour <laughs> in, between, in between this episode and the next one. <laughs> Bonus episode. Ali's yep. rant. Yep. Yes. Yep. Actually, we should, we should, there should just be like bonus episodes all the time, just Ali rants. Oh, that would be great. It would make every episode shorter. Yeah, it would make every episode shorter. It would make my life easier. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, Ali. We do miss you. All right. So that's it for this episode of Geek Therapy. Again, lots of stuff going on for Mental Health Month. And uh, we'll be back next week. Bye. You've just listened to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and all of our podcasts, visit geektherapy.com. And for extra content, including our monthly book club and other perks, consider becoming a member of Geek Therapy on Patreon for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash geektherapy.